Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. again to our services and to those who are listening by podcast and over the internet we pray God's richest blessing upon each one of you and pray that you will celebrate the resurrection of our Savior and that you will be blessed by what we learn today the title of the lesson of course is he is risen and indeed our Lord Jesus Christ is the living Savior the living Son of God the living Messiah. Today, in our message, we're going to actually move in a reverse uh, pattern. We're going to begin with the resurrection, but we're going to move all the way through the events of the last few days prior to uh, the resurrection as we study in God's Word. So I would invite you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John and chapter 20. John chapter 20, and let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin. Our Father in God, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we praise you and we thank you for the resurrection of our Savior, for the truth that the Lord Jesus is indeed the Savior, the only Savior beside Him. There is no other Savior. We thank You for loving us so that You were willing to send Your Son, the Innocent One, to take our place upon the cross, the sacrificial Lamb of God. And how that the Lord Jesus Christ so willingly gave his life, that we might have life, that we might know the forgiveness of sin, the joy of life and the hope of eternal life with you in heaven. And so as we study your holy word today, we pray that you be our teacher through the presence and the person and the power of God the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as we honor you, O Lord, our God, our King, our Sovereign. And for all who hear this message, we pray, especially for those who have never given their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, that today they will come to know him in a personal relationship We thank you again, O Lord, for your holy word. We ask now that you speak to us. May our hearts be receptive to your truth. In the name above all names, the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. 
And so I'd like you to turn to John chapter 20, and we're going to begin at verse 1, reading there in the Gospel of John. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved. That's the Apostle John. And said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter, and came to the tomb first. And he stooping down, and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there. Yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside of the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had laid. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things to her. So here in the Gospel of John, we see that the Lord Jesus appears first to Mary, Mary of Magdala, or Mary Magdalene. And it tells us that this occurred on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, the day that the Lord Jesus Christ arose from the dead. And we worship on Sunday. We refer to it as the Lord's Day. And we worship him on Resurrection Sunday, because every Sunday, amen, is the Lord's Day. But as Christians, we have this, this joy that we can worship and celebrate the resurrection of Christ every day, not just on Sunday. But we do so on Sunday as a corporate body of believers. But notice that she came early. And then secondly, we know from the other gospel accounts that Mary also came together with other ladies. And they, they came to the tomb. And there, 
their desire, their purpose for coming to the tomb was to anoint the body of the Lord with, with spices. And so they came with servant hearts. And they serve as examples for us that we should be willing to serve our Lord at all times. Now, they went back and they, they shared the, the information with Peter and John and the other disciples. But the scripture also goes on to tell us in the, in the other accounts that when the men heard what the ladies were saying, it sounded like nonsense to them. They didn't believe them. They didn't believe that Jesus had actually arisen from the dead. And we read that little verse there that said, For as yet, the disciples didn't know or understand or fully comprehend what the Scripture taught. And that is that Jesus Christ would actually arise from the dead. But Peter and John responded, and they, they ran to the tomb. And as they looked in, they saw that his body was no longer there. They were eyewitnesses to an empty tomb. Now don't you think that if it could have been proven that Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead, that his body, and, and this was brought out in our Sunday school lesson this morning, that his body would have been paraded around in, in the streets, but his body was nowhere to be found, that is, his dead body, because he was no longer dead. Amen? Amen? But Jesus appears to Mary, and notice, he reveals to her who he is, and some have been confused by this, uh, this little verse where he, he tells her not to cling to him. Basically, it, it's a very simple uh, explanation for them. She was clinging to him because she realized that he was about to leave. But he wanted her to know that he was going to be hanging around for a while. She didn't have to, to hold on to him, to cling on to him, because he was going to be around for about 40 days, right? We've read that in the book of Acts, the first chapter, and the first three verses. That he demonstrated his resurrection through infallible proofs over the course of 40 days. And you can read that in Acts chapter 1. And this was one of those infallible proofs. He appeared to Mary. So he, he reveals to, to Mary that he's in fact risen from the dead. But then he also gives her a direction. And that direction was to go and tell the disciples. And we have that same direction or commission, if you will, that we are to go and share the information, the news, of Jesus' life and his resurrection. Amen? But we're also to proclaim his crucifixion. So let's turn to the Gospel of, of Luke. The Gospel of Luke and chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. For if, if we're to proclaim the resurrection of Christ, we must also claim the fact that he was indeed crucified. Luke chapter 23. We're going to read verses 32 through 56. 
There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now it was about the sixth hour. There was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together to that site, seeing what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. But all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Now behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision, and indeed, he was from Arimathea, the city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock, where no one had ever laid before. That day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with them from Galilee followed after him. And they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils. And they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Several truths that we need to look at here. First of all, Jesus, in fulfillment of Scripture, is numbered with the transgressors. He's treated as a, as a criminal. He's taken to the cross. He's judged, found guilty, although he was innocent, and condemned to die. And then notice that the criminals, both criminals, make a request. Both of them do. But one from a position of pride, the other from a position or an attitude of humility. The first one 
like most people who are criminals. As the, uh, the wardens would tell you, every guy in prison will tell you he's innocent. He's innocent. He, he didn't really commit the crime. And so this criminal, he blasphemes, or in other words, he speaks disrespectfully to the Lord Jesus. He says, hey, if you really are the Christ, why don't you save yourself and us? Get us down from here. What are you doing, man? That's what he's saying. And he's demanding, demanding. You know that there are some people when, when they pray, they, they really don't reverence God when they pray. They think they have the right to, to demand from God. No one has the right to demand anything from God. Now the fact is, is that none of us deserve the love of God. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve the grace of God. We don't deserve the goodness, the kindness, and the mercy of God. No one deserves it because the Bible says that we are all guilty. The Bible declares that we are all sinners. And that unless we come humbly, we will not experience the forgiveness of God. And this other criminal, he rebukes that guy. He sets him straight. He, he, he demonstrates courage because he, he rebukes the other criminal. And he says, don't you have any respect at all? Any reverence for God? And he makes the request to the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus bestows a promise. Now you notice, Jesus didn't take the man down from the cross and take him out and baptize. There are those who, who teach that unless you're baptized, you're, you, you won't be saved. That, that is not correct. Baptism comes after one accepts Christ as, as Lord and Savior. It's not baptism that saves. Jesus bestows this promise, and it's a promise of grace. He says, Truly, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Amen. And he, he makes that promise to everyone, everyone who humbly comes to him asking for forgiveness, asking for life, asking for pardon. Jesus imparts the gift of salvation, the gift of grace. And then notice that Jesus dies on the cross. A sacrificial death. Now, up there at the top where it says that Jesus had cried out with a loud voice. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Understand that Jesus gave up his life. During his, his ministry, Jesus said this, No one takes my life from me. I give it up of my own will. 
I have both the authority to give it up and to take it back again. It was impossible for them to actually kill him. He offered himself sacrificially because he is the Lamb of God. And so let's continue in our study. And as we, we move, turn to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15. And beginning at verse 33. Now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by, when they, they heard that, they said, Look, he's calling for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed, and offered it to him to drink, saying, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to take him home. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from afar among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Less, and of Joseph and of Salome, who also followed him and ministered to him when he was in Galilee, and to many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. We'll stop there. The ninth hour, and we convert that into our time, it is 3 p.m. in the afternoon, because in ancient times in, uh, in Israel, Jerusalem, the day began at 6 in the morning. So then you had the, the, the first hour, the second hour, etc. And so the sixth hour would be 12 o'clock noon. And the, the ninth hour would then be 3 p.m. Remember that when you're reading the Bible, that if every single word is important, and every single phrase, you say, well, what's, you know, what's the deal with, with the pointing out of the, of the time? Well, there was darkness for three hours. Not just one hour or just 20 minutes or something. Three hours from 12 to 3 over all the land. And it was at 3 o'clock when there in the temple area the priests were conducting the afternoon sacrifice. In other words, they were sacrificing lambs there in the temple. Now picture, if you will, because not everyone went to the crucifixion site. So here you have the priests who are officiating and participating in the sacrificial act of sacrificing the lambs there in, in the temple area. 
And Jesus, the Lamb of God, you understand, is being sacrificed on the cross. Because all of the sacrifices of the Old Testament were all foreshadows of the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who would come to take away the sin of the world. And there he is upon the cross, being sacrificed. Now when he, he gives up his life and, and his spirit goes back to the Father, it says that the veil of the temple was torn in two. And all the past several weeks we've been looking at the infallible proofs and the eyewitness accounts of what occurred during this period of time. There were priests inside of the temple, and that, that, that veil or curtain that was hanged in the temple separated the holy place or sanctuary from the most holy place or the holy of holies. Now, it wasn't some flimsy little, little curtain. It was 60 feet tall or long, so the length from top to bottom was 60 feet. And it was 30 feet wide. And it was some three, approximately three to four inches thick. As a matter of fact, the Jewish writing of the Mishnah says that it took 300 men to actually hoist it up and to hang because of its, its thickness and its weight. So here in, in the temple, these, these priests are ministering. They're fulfilling their priestly duties. And when Jesus gives up his life, the, the veil is torn from the top to the bottom, signifying the direct divine action of God. And these priests witness that. See the importance of that? The veil was torn from top to bottom. And it gave us access to the throne of God's grace. Because in the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant. And the mercy seat of God. And only one day out of the year could the high priest, not just any person, only the high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, to offer the sacrifice on behalf of the people for their sin. And you see, that veil was torn in two because when Jesus Christ gave up his life upon the cross as the sacrificial Lamb of God, he opened up access to the Holy of Holies there in heaven. And so we can as his children come to the very throne of God's grace. We don't have to go to another person to confess our sins. We go directly to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, the priests were the eyewitnesses. Now, verse 42. Now, when evening had come, because it was the preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking courage, went into Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. 
Pilate marveled that he was already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Then he bought the fine linen, took him down and wrapped him in the linen, and laid him in the tomb which had been hewn out of the rock, and rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph observed where he was laid. Very important. We started with the resurrection. We went back to the crucifixion. Remember that he was he was buried. He died and he was buried. Now why did Pilate marvel that he was dead so soon? Because the historical record discusses the fact that most people lasted for about two or three days on the cross. They suffered this agonizing pain of the crucifixion and it went on for some two or three days. Some, of course, died a little sooner. Some, it took them a little longer. But again, remember that they did not take his life. He laid it down of his own accord. He cried out that it was finished. The sacrifice had been made. And he gave his spirit back to the Father. And so Pilate marveled. But now let's take a look at, at Pilate. And we turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. And beginning at verse 15. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that, this just man. For I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. When he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, 
And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. Now as they came out, they found a man of Serene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink, but when he tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him, over him there, and, and they put up over his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Now notice that during the Feast of Passover, it was customary for the governor to release a prisoner, to release a criminal, to, to basically give a pardon, give them their freedom. And here you have this notorious murderer, Barabbas. And so the guilty is set free. And Jesus Christ is rejected. Jesus experiences a miscarriage of justice. If ever there was a miscarriage of justice, it was this. He was arrested in the evening. He was tried, found guilty, although he was innocent. And even when he answered their questions, they refused to accept his answers. And here Pilate asks the question, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? We take responsibility, they said. Don't worry about it. It's on us. His blood be on us and on our children. Now who in their right mind would say such a thing? We take responsibility, and the responsibility and the judgment for it, let it fall upon us and upon our children. And so it did. For in 70 AD, the Romans came through and completely destroyed Jerusalem. Jesus prophesied it. He said, coming into Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And he wept as he said it. How I would have gathered you like a mother hen gathers her brood, but you would not. And therefore not one stone would be left upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Hatred, anger, envy, all of these things lead to blindness. Spiritual blindness. We see it going on today. So as we bring this message to a close, the question asked by Pilate is still valid for today. And it's an individual question. What then will you do with Jesus, the Savior? 
leading to these other questions. Will you accept him as your living, loving Savior? Because that is what he is. Will you accept him? Will you witness to his life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and return? See, that is, that is the privilege of the believer. We rejoice in the truth, in the fact that Jesus Christ arose from the dead, and he lives. Will you witness to his transforming presence and power in your own life? Like the disciples, you'll recall we've read several passages over the, the last several weeks where they were, they were gathered together hiding for fear. And even there in the garden, when the mob came to arrest Jesus, they fled in fulfillment of the scripture that said, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And they, they scattered. However, after the resurrection, there is a transformation that occurs in each of their lives. And they become bold witnesses, preaching and teaching in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, and in the first century, thousands, thousands of, of Jewish people come to know the Lord. And if you look in the book of Acts, I believe it's um, uh, chapter 6, maybe verse, look through 7 through 15, there's, a, there's information that, that says many of the priests accepted the Lord as their Savior. You suppose some of those priests who happened to be in the temple when the veil of the temple split in two and they saw it with their own eyes, something that they thought was impossible occurred from the top to the bottom and the Holy of Holies exposed. Many priests came to know Jesus as Savior. Will you witness to the transforming presence and power in your life, or will you reject it? That's the question that everyone must answer. Will you receive him? Will you proclaim him? Will you worship him and tell others about him? Or will you reject him? We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. We're going to ask you to stand. And as we sing this invitation, it's an invitation to you to come to the Lord, to make a decision in your life. Maybe you're here today and you, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today you can do that through a simple act of faith in prayer. You acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You acknowledge and admit that you are a sinner and need forgiveness. And you ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you. And like that criminal there on the cross, Jesus will bestow upon you the promise of forgiveness and eternal life. You 
in your prayer. Ask him to come into your heart, into your life, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, to forgive you, and to give you eternal life. And he will do that. So as we sing, you make your prayer to him. And if you know the Lord as your Savior, if you know that when you die, you're going to be with him in heaven, then thank him and praise him as we sing and pray for others who may be here or others who are listening by internet or podcast who haven't made that decision that they will come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Let's stand, please, and let's sing. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.